Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The International Documentary Association's Enterprise Documentary Fund provides production funds for feature-length documentaries taking on in-depth exploration of original contemporary stories and integrating journalistic practices into the filmmaking process. In addition to funds, grantees will receive additional resources and expertise tailored to the needs of their project. This is, the, again, we're, let me start by saying we're talking about the International Documentary Association, one of the premier, if not the premier, um, resource for people who are interested in making documentary and uh, it's just a fantastic organization and we're joined today by the International Documentary Association director of the Enterprise Documentary Fund and that would be Carrie Lozano. Carrie's background comes from journalism as well as uh, television production as well as producer of her own uh, documentaries including The Weather Underground and The Ballad of Fred Hirsch. Carrie Lozano, welcome to film school. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. I sort of fumbled through the idea and the um, the mechanism behind Enterprise Documentary Fund. Tell me, in your words, uh, what you're trying to accomplish with, with the funding for these different documentaries. Sure. Um, you know, the interesting thing about this fund is that building something like this actually takes a quite, quite a bit of time. And so as we were planning this at IDA, we really preceded all of this um, fake news period that we're in, and what we were looking to do was not so much to um, say to documentary filmmakers that you have to be journalists or that your work has to be what we think of as traditional television or broadcast journalism, but what we were trying to do was to convince filmmakers that there's a real advantage to not only claiming kind of the, the journalistic mantle, but to operating like as a journalist, because... Um, when it comes down to it, um, in you know our in, in the law books, there's a lot of protections for journalists, not so much protections that are laid out specifically for filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started a conversation actually at Getting Real in 2014 was the first time we started talking about this, and this came out of a study uh, from the Center for uh, Media and Social Impact called Dangerous Docs, where they found that a lot of filmmakers were really taking on these high-risk investigative stories and doing so without the background, the resources, the institutions that that stand behind traditional journalists. So they were kind of rogue, lone wolves, taking on these very complicated stories and sometimes finding themselves in fairly messy situations. So all of this discussion stemmed from that study. It was kicked off at Getting Real in 2014. Mm-hmm. And then we had a series of meetings over the next few years. Um, and with the support of the MacArthur Foundation, we're, we were able to launch this fund that is not necessarily, again, trying to you know, pigeonhole filmmakers, but really trying to support them with journalistic resources so that they can do work with integrity, with safety, um, and with a lot of resources that traditional journalists often have access to. That's such an interesting question about journalists and documentary filmmakers. It, it's one of those uh, sort of, it's a, there's so much overlap. And at what point, I don't know if this is 
uh, germane to our discussion, but at what point does a documentary filmmaker become a journalist? I don't know if there's a hard and fast guidelines for that kind of thing, but so often in documentary filmmaking, this is journalistic this is journalistic work being done. Is this, uh, is, is this the kind of discussions that you've been having about this, or is it just a matter of providing resources to documentary filmmakers? Well, you know, you're right. And for a long time, we did have these discussions. We had a number of roundtables and panels, and, you know, there, it, was a, it's a, it was a big debate, and I think it still is because there are plenty of documentary filmmakers who don't want to claim any journalistic privilege and who really consider themselves artists. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, as you know, um, there's a lot of subgenres within documentary film. Right. And there's space for that, and I think that's what makes documentaries so exciting. And at the same time, there are a number of films that, you know, the contract with the audience is that what you see is true, and they're trying to move the needle in a certain way, and we're saying, if you want your film to have impact, you have to do that with journalistic integrity. So I think there are films that really require a certain level of rigor and that the audience expects a certain level of rigor. And, um, you know, the disconnect comes when uh, filmmakers who are primarily independents, freelancers, if you will, um, are are doing things alone. And that's not what happens in a newsroom. Mm -hmm. You know, in a newsroom, there's a lot of editorial support. There are a lot of resources. There's a lot of expertise. And so um, we're certainly, we don't want every documentary film to be journalistic, if you will. But what we're saying is, is we want to create an environment where we can support those projects with more robust resources, with more expertise, and with money, because as you know, that's what films really need, um, yeah. and to create a space for those films. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your background, how you came to IDA, and then we'll get into some of the films that uh, have been awarded uh, the funding by uh, the Enterprise Fund. Um, you, as I mentioned in the introduction, you came from a, a journalist background, and but not without along the way uh, your own involvement in, in in feature documentary films. Tell us about your journey a little bit. Well, it's, it's really interesting to be running this fund now because for many years I just thought, why can't I focus and just do one thing? <laughs> like it seemed like I was making terrible career choice after terrible career choice. And, um, you know, I studied film studies at Berkeley as an undergrad, so it's a film theory program. It's not, it's not you know, practicing for the most part, but it's film theory, and it was very avant-garde um, documentary film, experimental film at the time. Um, and Weather Underground was the first film that I ever produced or worked on, and so it had quite a life, and, and I think it was during Weather Underground where I decided to apply to Berkeley's Graduate School of Journalism because I felt like I was undertaking journalistic roles. I had also been an editor in a magazine, and but that I had no formal training. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of launched me into the more journalistic side of things um, and my work with Lowell Bergman or at Al Jazeera. And so now I'm kind of back into this space, which is great, working with independent documentary filmmakers, which is what I love, but also bringing that journalistic side. So it's been kind of a roller coaster and a real privilege, but I feel like I always say to to folks, I've, I've kind of done every part of this job, except I don't pick up a camera. That's the only thing I haven't really done, <laughs> don't necessarily plan to do. But it's fantastic to me to be able to bring together these different disciplines, which on the face of it, you feel like wouldn't or shouldn't be so different, but actually they they really are. Yeah. You know, I'll play amateur psychologist here. It sounds like you're the kind of person 
who who gravitates to th- to the things that interest you, and you apply yourself in the moment in that period of time to them, and it succeeds. And I mean, with the Weather Underground, this film was nominated for an Academy Award, um, which I'm sure was. Uh, an amazing journey for you and for the entire team. Um, but that sounds like the, you're the kind of person that you want around filmmakers because so often, if not always, I would say, documentary filmmakers are the people who who are like the dog in Up. They they see Squirrel and they take off running, and th- that's because it's a passion for them. And it sounds a little right. bit like that's that's yourself as well. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, Really, when I think about what I love to do, is I love to tell stories. Yeah. And the more important the story, the better. But, you know, at the end of the day, I really just love storytelling. And so I think it is a great space for me personally. And I think you're right. So I, I gravitate to things that excite me and don't necessarily think about the implications of that so much, just that kind of like, oh, that's an interesting opportunity. I'd love to try that. Right. But it is an exciting time. And as it turned out, you know, we launched the film in January of 2017, basically right during the inauguration of our uh, current president. And what that did in terms of the fund was to kind of elevate the fund last year um, in its inaugural year, because suddenly we were talking about truth and facts and fake news. And the fund kind of, you know, without any intentionality on our part, just was completely relevant in a way that we hadn't anticipated And so what ended up, I think, happening was that some of that pushback that maybe we received beforehand of um, a little bit of like, no, 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 we're artists, not journalists. I think everybody suddenly understood the stakes. Exactly. And so the timing for us just couldn't have been better in a certain way, even though I wish it were otherwise. Right. I, I, I tell people it's all hands on deck at this point. Yeah. Right, whether whether you're a journalist, an artist, whether you're a filmmaker, or whatever it is, whether you walk the streets of in in to get people to turn out to vote, whatever you are doing, there is no time left for anything but being focused on what we need to do here. So, uh, well, tell me a little bit about. Let's talk about the International Documentary Association. It is, as I said in the opening, it's really the place to go if you are interested in making a documentary film. You have you. You need to become a member. You need to be taking advantage of the the resources available through the organization, as well as all the screenings, all the interaction you have with the inter, with the documentary community. Tell us if I if I haven't already <laughs> explained too yeah. much there, but that, <laughs> does that sound? <laughs> yeah, I mean the IDA has been around for a long time, but in the last few years, it's I think it's really taken a very robust turn um, kind of under the leadership of Simon Kilmurray. And what IDA does is IDA is for everyone. And I think that's what I love about it. It really is whether you're just beginning, whether you're a huge documentary fan, whether you are, you know, a four-time Academy Award nominee, I mean, the IDA is for everyone. And so the IDA does a range of things from educational series, workshops, screening series. We have a magazine. We still have one of the few remaining, you know, print film magazines in existence, documentary magazine, um, our editors, Tom White. And that's a real resource to people. I mean, people love getting the magazine. And in, in the interim, we also have, you know, online articles and lots of how-tos and kind of informational pieces, but real articles that are looking at different projects and filmmakers and issues within the field. And so Getting Real, which is our biennial conference, um, this year it will be a thousand filmmakers strong, um, is really a place 
for filmmakers. It's not a market. It's not a film festival. It's just a place for filmmakers to come together at all levels in their career to really talk about the issues that they're all facing. And the issues are vast, you know, whether it's financing, whether it's this really unusual distribution moment that we're in where, you know, 10 years ago, the path to distribution was very clear for everyone. And now you really have to look at your project and say, okay, what's the right path for this film? It's a very different space to be in. Um, to legal issues, you know, we're going to talk a lot about journalism and transparency and sharing information. So I think IDA is a gathering place for all of us to come and, and do our job better and also to move the field in certain directions that are, in our view, more filmmaker-friendly and more filmmaker-supportive. Yeah, the, the Getting Real, uh, for those listening to this interview, will probably will already know, um, who are familiar with it. It's sold out. Is that, is that right? Are we sold out for this? It is sold out. It is totally sold out. We are masked, and our, our wait list is shut down, and um, it's exciting for us, frustrating for others we know. But, um, but at the same time, D-Word and other organizations will be live blogging, and there's going to be lots of information that's accessible online. So, you know, people won't necessarily miss out on really what's the critical information. There is so much. There, you're absolutely right. There's so many exciting things that are going on within the, uh, inter- the documentary community. There are so many ways that people are presenting their, their films that are exciting. I th- think of Errol Morris, who's been in this game for, you know, 30, 40 years now. Uh, going back to Thin Blue Line and before that, but certainly the way that, that it, his perception and in- execution of documentaries has evolved. Uh, Robert Green's another one who does this sort of morphing of, uh, of uh, feature film and documentary film to the just the hardcore documentary filmmakers straight up do like you said, journalism in, in its in its highest form and everything in between, um, it is uh, it is remarkable. It really is. It's very exciting. I'm, one of the reasons I, I love doing this show is because of the opportunity I have to be able to talk to so many different documentary filmmakers about so many different subjects. It's it's such a great genre to to love because it's an education as well as it's entertaining and all the rest of it. So really it is. Your opinion of the state of documentary filmmaking? My opinion of the state of it. Wow, that's I mean, a tough one. I mean, <laughs> that's a big one. I know it's interesting. Well, I come from you know, it's really interesting to be a funder now, and I'm still getting used to that hat because it's a different side of of the fence from being an independent producer or even working in broadcast. And so it's you know, on the one hand, it's it's a fascinating time because on the one hand, it's super exciting. There are lots of opportunity. There are lots of distribution platforms. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of, you know, there's a, a much more kind of, I think, opening toward different even lengths and formats with VR and other emerging technologies, yeah. augmented reality, podcasts, you know, however you want to look at it, nonfiction storytelling is kind of at its prime right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very exciting to see how well several films did this year, Mr. Rogers and RBG, Three yeah. Identical Strangers. It's, it's kind of remarkable. And at the same time, there are so many filmmakers trying to do this work, and there just is not enough money. That's kind of an age-old problem, but I think it's exacerbated because more and more people, and I think digital natives, really, really are gravitating toward this type of storytelling, and we need 
desperately need more resources to, to spread around. Right. And I apologize for such an open-ended question, and, but you managed to focus on the thing I really wanted to ask you about, which is funding, obviously with technology, the accessibility for uh, filmmaking to be done by a whole group of people that didn't have access to it before is obviously out there now. But it is a matter of getting your product, getting your film seen, and that's where it gets tricky, and uh, you you really honed in on whether it's Netflix or Amazon or it's Hulu or it's YouTube or it's a theater release or it's whatever it is or it's just you and your website, it is tough to be kind of to be heard in that in that sort of very crowded environment we find ourselves in. So you're absolutely right. And this is one of the areas in which a, an organization like the International Documentary Association can be such a valued partner for someone who's making films because you have access to a wide array of people who have done it, who are doing it, who are, who and have, it can give you some level of advice and get, and something to shoot for in terms of what you hope to accomplish and set your realistic expectations for your films as well. It's a it's a terrific organization and uh, if I'm leaving something out in what what IDA does, uh, throw it in because it feels like it's just a great resource. We appreciate that and we agree. But we can do better. You know, I mean, we're always, I think one of the things that's unique about IDA is we really are here to listen and to listen to filmmakers and what they're grappling with and what they have to say. And so we're always trying to be, to to adjust and to kind of have those conversations and to to make those conversations transparent and to move the needle if we can, even if it's in kind of small and incremental ways. Um, we really are here to support them and to hear them out. So, you know, something that's an issue this year may not be an issue next year, but things are changing so rapidly that um, we really depend on the community to tell us what's going on so that we can help be an advocate for them. Well, all the best uh, on the uh, Getting Real uh, conference coming up in just a couple of days and then also beyond. Uh, continue the great work that you and the entire organization have been doing. And thank you so much, uh, Carrie Lozano, for coming on uh, Film School today. Thank you for having me. It was great fun. Great. Again, we've been speaking with the director of the Enterprise Documentary Fund, and that would be Carrie Lozano. Thanks again. We'll hopefully come back. Come back whenever you feel like you need to, to talk about whatever you're doing, whatever the, the IDA is doing. I'd love to, to talk to you some more, and thank you again. We'd love it. Thank you. Take care. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.